My, 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 what a mess. This is Best Pictures, the podcast where we pick our favorite movies for every year we've been alive. I'm Cody Lunsford, and I'm joined as always by... I'm Chad Oliver, and I didn't kill my wife! And I'm Mark Wellington, and I don't care. Ooh, very good, boys. So the way this podcast works is there's five episodes per each year we discuss. So currently we are in the year 1993. We've already talked about my pick for the best movie of 93, which is Jurassic Park. We talked about Chad's pick, yeah, which was Days and Confused. Yeah, we talked about my pick. And we have determined that between those two, Jurassic Park is the best movie of 1993. And now Suck we it, are Chad. going to yeah. talk about Mark's film uh, for 1993. But Mark, don't reveal it yet, because first... I need to ask you, boys, have you watched any movies recently? Um, I have not. I've been <laughs> focusing on binging through Friday Night Lights before it left Netflix on October 1st, and I didn't even do that. So oh. we ordered the DVDs on Amazon today. <laughs> <laughs> well, that I mean, that's what you got to do. Yep. Um, you also got two little cats. So I did. I was going to watch Upjot. On Netflix this weekend, but then my wife brought in two kittens from our my wife. Room. My wife. <laughs> my wife. Did you really just say like Okja the movie. and my wife in the same sentence? I did. Okja <laughs> yeah. and my wife. It's Okja, <laughs> but nice try. Okja. Um, I say Okja. So, um, Mark, have you seen any movies recently? Um, I have. If you call recently, uh, Fantastic Fest, which I was at. Um, last week as of the recording of this podcast and you can hear all about it on our bonus episode that we released i don't know probably last week sometime we released it tuesday yeah sure tuesday or wednesday we don't know yet you know what (laughs) that's because you said wednesday and you gave me that much time to edit it we'll make it wednesday you know (laughs) what might even be thursday <laughs> Who knows? You know no, what? it's the same day be as this episode. <laughs> nope, it's going to be Wednesday. You can um, listen to it next week. <laughs> right. Um, so, okay. So, the movies I've seen recently. Thank you guys for asking. Oh, um, hey, Cody. Wait, Cody, what movie have you seen recently? Hey, Cody, what mm-hmm. movies have you seen recently? I've watched a lot. I've watched a lot at home. What um, is a lot? I Like 10 between oh, the last geez. two weeks. Sorry, I Are thought you said all? that you had watched a movie called A Lot. I'm not going to talk about them all. So so we're not, we're not I'm not going to talk about the ones I watched God, at home. Cody, do you want us to do a bonus episode just for your <laughs> fucking week of no, movies? No, cuz cuz we would have to do it every week. I watch so many movies. But so here are the three that I I've seen in theaters and I want you guys to tell me which one you guys want me to talk about, okay? Um so Ooh, I saw Ninjago, game. I think. It's going to be I, n- sorry, go ahead. I saw Lego Ninjago. Mm-hmm. I saw American Made. Um, and then I saw um, Kingsman, the Golden Circle. Um, I changed my vote. Tell me about American Made. Yeah, I'm interested in American Made, too. I see a lot of posters for that, and Tom Cruise looks less attractive than he's ever looked in that movie, I think. He looks so old in that movie. Yeah. Um. Okay, so... Okay, we'll talk about American Made. Brief thoughts on Lego Ninjago and Kingsman. Is for he both still of them, cute and charming? Who? Tom Cruise. The Legos. Oh. Oh, well, uh, I'll get to American Made in a second. Lego Ninjago, Kingsman, quick thoughts 
for both of them, watch the other movies in their franchises. It's a better use of your time. Um, okay, so, done. So American Made. Um, Tom Cruise is charming as hell in it. He's very good. The movie is very good. Um, he is kind of playing like a rugged kind of dude uh, just because he's like lived a lot of life kind of. But he's like charming and like, you know, joking and smiley the whole time. He's doing a southern accent. That's like actually pretty good. Um, it's... I I think I told you guys this. I think you texted it. It's not by any means one of my favorite movies of the year. But as I was watching it, I was like, this movie will get some attention at the Academy Awards. Pretty pretty positive about that. Have it good just vibes looks about like that. So classic Tom Cruise being Tom Cruise. It is. Do you, it you is. You said it'll get Academy Award um, mm-hmm. attention. Do you think we'll get a Tom Cruise nom? A Tom nom? No, I don't think that. Even though I do think this is probably his best performance in a while, because uh, it well, is his most... That's not saying a whole lot. Right, but it is his most like acting-y role in a while. Right. Um, And he's very good in it. He um, was very I good think... in Lived, I Repeat, though. Like That was a fun action Ooh, movie, yeah. but I think he was great in it. Hey, guys. Hey. Same same director. Yep. Um, directing oh. American Made. Yeah. Did not even realize that. Yep, it's got a cool aesthetics because uh, it's late seventies, early eighties. Say that word again. Aesthetics. I said it wrong the first time. I, I know. I just wanted um, to point it out so the audience <laughs> notices. Right. Um, it's if it's, we're doing that, if we're pointing out things that Cody said wrong, uh, Ninjago. Yeah, he said Ninjango or Ninjango or something. I I, did, I didn't have time to point it out back then, but I'm glad I, you noticed I, I it too, Mark. Okay. Anyway, focusing on American Made. Uh, it's hey, very g- uh, little note to myself to play the audio of Ninjango again here. I saw Lego Ninjango. Okay, we'll talk about American Made. Brief thoughts on Lego Ninjango. Great. Wow. Um, yeah, that's bad. He said it wrong. He great. Did say it wrong. Um, so it, it's very good. Um, when I talk about Oscar uh, Isaac? contention, oh. I... I <laughs> We're we're trying to move fast through this, and we're not going to be able to get out of the. So you think Oscar Isaac is going to get attention for the movie American Made, which he doesn't even appear in? Right. Um. Well, Oscar Isaac is in Suburbicon this year, so he's probably not going to get any attention. Um. He's also in The Last Jedi. Yeah, which also won't. But anyway. So what I'm trying to say is there is a decent chance of it getting like an original screenplay type thing. Like that's where I see it fitting in. There is a shot depending on this year and how things go for it fitting in like the 10 potential best picture slots. I think I don't think it's one of the best movies of the year, but I think like it feels like a movie that could go in there. That's crazy. Also wouldn't it be adapted because it's probably based on like, I don't know, a magazine article. Uh, okay, fair. And it'll, this it'll has fit been into one of those. talk about how wrong Cody is about everything hour. Yeah, I mean, that's been the whole fucking segment. Hey, can but, I just make a note to, to Chad to just save this audio for, you know, January when they announce the nominations? Yeah. I'm not, I'm not hyper confident. I just was watching it and was like, okay, this feels like an Oscar-y movie to me. Um, a best adapted because, screenplay movie. Right, exactly, because a lot of the movies that have come out that people are talking about that are brilliant and stuff this year, I agree are brilliant. I don't see getting anything this year. People who claim Mother is brilliant, and that won't get anything at the Oscars. Blade Runner? 
I haven't seen Blade Runner yet. Blade oh, I Runner you said, will. I thought you just said that Blade Runner won't get anything in the Oscars, and I was like, mm, no, wrong. Mother, Mother. Oh, okay, yeah, Mother will not. It as much as I want it to will not. Um, get out. Maybe I'm doubting it more and I more every day. I kind of think it will. Still, I do too. It's still but my number I'm, one of I'm, the year, and I'm I think on it's the fence. I'm on the fence. So it, it, it's just the thing. The Oscars aren't the best movies of the year. That's that's the whole point of this fucking podcast. So that's what I'm trying to like tell yeah, you guys. It'll, it's it'll, like American Made's a very, it, it's a very good movie. I think it is the type of movie that gets Oscar attention. Is my prediction for now, and I will accept being wrong in it. Um, All right, I enjoyed I'm, it. I'm it glad was you lots will of fun. Being wrong in it. I enjoyed it. It was lots of fun. Um, I, I, I described it to somebody today. It's like Wolf of Wall Street if you actually saw the main person get consequences. Um, that That's kind of the, the, the thing to me. It feels very Wolf of <laughs> Wall Street-esque, except Tom Cruise actually gets consequences for the bad shit he does. Um, okay, so you guys ready to talk about the movie that Mark picked? I am. Me okay. too. So, October 9th, um, which is the day this episode is being released, right, Mark? I yeah. don't know your system. Or was it the movie was released? <laughs> the movie release. It's always very confusing. Okay. October 9th, the day this episode is released in 1993, Scotty McCreary was born. And I know you guys might be asking, who is Scotty McCreary? Well, you're not Cody, alone. Cody, everybody watched season eight of American Idol. Right. So he, he was one American Idol. Deep voice pretty boy, right? Right. So he won American Idol. He was a country singer. He was known most especially for singing Josh Turner's Your Man. And in 1993, another a movie came out that was all about Tommy Lee Jones trying to capture his man. And that movie is The Fugitive, released in 1993. And that is Mark's pick for the best film of 1993. Mark, t- tell us about it. So I first watched this movie on TV when I was in high school and rewatching it, I realized that didn't see the whole thing. Did not see the whole thing. <laughs> so your this... favorite movie of 1993 <laughs> was a fraction of a movie. Oh yeah. My and God. you know what? You know what? It was a good call. No, it was. It was. I it was. was. Like you had been pitching this to us like, oh, I had seen it on TV. I don't remember it that well. And I was like, man, this movie is going to blow. I was like pleasantly surprised the whole time. I was like, oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. I'm digging this. I like it. I liked it a lot. Um, Should we uh, break down the plot? Yeah. A little so, bit? Yeah. Well, well so hold me- on. Let me ask you guys. Uh, had you guys seen this movie before or what did you know about this movie before you saw it? Chad, you go ahead. So... For whatever reason, um, I had not seen this movie or the movie with, I think, Denzel Washington, Training Day, and I got those two mixed up in my head for some reason. <laughs> and so I thought we were going to watch Training Day this whole time until I think like last week we made a reference, someone made a reference to uh, Harrison Ford being in this movie, and I was like, oh, wait, what is The Fugitive then? And then, <laughs> um, yeah, so I, I, I did not know what to expect at all, um, and I liked it a lot. Yeah, and I also had never seen this movie. 
Um, but I love Harrison Ford, so like I should watch this movie is what I always thought about it, but never got around to it. So I'm very glad you picked it. Um, but Mark, so so you picked this movie and you picked half a movie. Um, so this, I guess, would be a good time to talk about like so the way we work on best pictures is we have a quote unquote like draft order each time, and it switches. This time I got to pick first, then Chad, then Mark. So Mark had the third position. Mark, is there a movie that you would have chosen over this if you had been able to pick first since you well, picked half a movie? Yeah, there are two movies that I would have picked over this. <laughs> so you so you would have picked both of ours is what yeah. you're saying. I'm looking, okay, let me look at the list of other movies that I've seen that were made in 1993. And it is Nightmare Before Christmas, which is a bad movie. Bad movie. And it's not bad. Is it a not, bad Halloween movie or a bad Christmas movie? Um, um, it is a a bad movie. Yeah, no, I don't okay. really want to get I, into I, I will, this, but it's a I will take movie. it back. It is um it is not a bad movie, but it is also not a great movie. Um and then the other one that I've seen is The War Room and Cody wouldn't let me pick a documentary. So <laughs> Yeah, I felt weird about like judging people's real life. Mark tried to pick two documentaries and I was like, no, thank you. Um so th- that's interesting because I'm very glad you picked this though, because this is a movie like I guess none of us had seen. Right. Um and <laughs> okay, so let's so let's set some context for the movie. So The Fugitive. Uh, came out in 93. It was based on one of the most popular TV shows, um, kind of up until that point. Um, it had um, one of the biggest finales of all time. I do know that about it. I don't know if people were still talking about it when this movie came out. Like, I don't think people were like, dude, do you remember the when we were watching The Fugitive together? Because that had been like 30 years before. I know, but it but it still had some like brand like equity. Yeah, um, I mean, it, for being it good. won. It was nominated for like five Emmys in its four-year run. Um, I think probably four best dramas and maybe an acting and, but it won, it won a uh, best drama at some point. Wow. Um, so it's directed by Andrew Davis. Um, he's directed a bunch of movies that I don't really like know that much. The only ones I, re- um, recognize is the movie called under siege, which I know is a Steven Seagal movie. And after this movie, he directed a movie that we all know called holes, um, starring Shia LaBeouf, which is that's very weird to odd. me, right? It is weird. It's also weird looking at the rest of his filmography because the rest of his filmography are kind of just like big budget action movies. Yeah. Well, okay. Well, to be fair, this was also a big budget action movie. Yes, it is. Um, but like, so he made he made this, which is a big budget a- action movie that got nominated for Best Picture. And yes. then, literally, I think that there are some like, collateral damage. I'm like, I've heard of that, I think. Mm-hmm. Yes, um, same. And then he made Holes, which right. is like Disney-produced, Shia LaBeouf starring. Right. Like, what the fuck? Holes, <laughs> yeah, it's very Holes confusing. Is, Holes is so good. It's, Holes, ve- it's a very good movie. is good and written based on a book that was written by like one of my favorite authors when I was a kid. Same. Mm-hmm. Louis, is it Louis or Louis? Honestly, don't Louis. know how to pronounce either of his names. Yeah, Louis Sicar. Um, very good writer. So, um, speaking of writers, the writer at this movie were um, this guy named David Tui, who wrote and directed the Riddick trilogy later. Um, he also, also wrote uh, Waterworld. Waterworld. Yep. Um, and then the other writer, which is going to be interesting and something I think we talk about a lot in this episode, mm-hmm. um, is the writer Jeb Stewart, who also wrote Die Hard. Um, which, um, 
we have all seen and this movie at points feels like it's taking cues from Die Hard but we'll yeah. talk about that as we get into it yeah um so it stars Harrison Ford, who even at this time was one of the biggest actors of all time. What do you um, mean even at this time? This was after all of the Star Wars, after all of the Indiana Jones. He had basically made enough was, money to live on this was six times after over. After Harrison Ford's prime. I That's what yeah, I'm saying. Yeah. I'm, I'm saying like this wasn't when he was in Indiana Jones and Star Wars, but he was right. still a massive star. Oh, I, okay. I, I, I thought I you were saying that like even this early, he was super famous. Yeah, like, no, 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 That's no, no, the no, vibe no, no, I was no. getting to. No, what okay. what I mean is like there's a lot of actors who like become famous really big, disappear for a while, become big again. Like Matthew McConaughey, that kind of like arc. There's mm. never been a time where Harrison Ford hasn't been one of the biggest actors, I don't think. And if it has, it's been like for four years. Like it hasn't been yeah. a huge period of time. I feel like maybe mid 2000s he wasn't huge. Right. Yeah. That, well, that would and, be the only and time even I now could think he of. isn't doing a ton of stuff anymore. But everything he is doing is some of the best stuff yes. around. Some of the best stuff around and Ender's Game. And okay, Ender's Game. Enough. Oh my gosh. I forgot he was in that. I forgot about I was thinking more Star Wars Blade Runner, that sort of thing. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. This star it also this movie also starred Tommy Lee Jones, um, who hadn't apparently been in a lot before this, but then after this became a uh, the Tommy Lee Jones we all know and love. Um it also stars Cella Ward, who isn't a huge actress, but she plays Harrison Ford's wife in the movie. And then Julianne Moore, who this is going to be all I focus on for the entire episode, is in the movie for one scene it's, and is fourth build. It is baffling. Bonkers. It's so weird. So, so she, Julianne Moore this time was not famous at all. Um, her but first, she's still like, fourth build, which is yeah, insane. Okay. So she, her character originally was like going to be like a female, like a huge female lead, like helped Harrison Ford out and then fell in love with him. Um, Which, and then they were like, God, wait, no. that's a weird yeah. touch seeing as his wife just died. Yeah. Like the whole movie is like about his wife in a way. Yeah. And then, so I think yeah, that would, that would be bad. I, I get bad. the feeling that she signed a contract and was like, I want to do all of these scenes for you. And in return, I'll get fourth billing. And they were like, yeah, sure. And they were like, ooh, no scenes for you. And she was like, fourth billing, please. And they were like, fine. Right. I mean, it's just, she it's was just, great. It's just she was like barely in it. It's it's also, yeah, because her name pops up and we're like, okay, about to get us a more vehicle. And also, nothing. Like the scenes that she's in, she's very much framed as like, this person will be important later. And then she's like, right. hey. You good? And he was like, "Yep." And she was like, "Okay, bye." Yep. Um, it, it's I also wanted, odd because uh, it just left me wanting more. Yeah. Oh God. Um. <laughs> so, um, what's what's also like frustrating about it is Jane Lynch is in this movie way more, and I <laughs> yeah. I watch the credits. Jane Lynch, who is in three scenes, pivotal scenes, scenes where mm-hmm. she's talking to Harrison Ford, is no joke. 26th build. Who was, who was Jane Lynch in this movie? Because I do not remember. Blonde doctor that he was talking to. That's funny. That's also her role in the Gilmore Girls. Is she in Gilmore Girls? Yeah, as a blonde nurse. Huh. I know her as Coach Sue Sylvester. Um, from Glee. Okay, I know let's talk her about as this the movie. host of Family Game Night, or whatever they fucking call it. Hollywood Game Night. Hollywood idiot. Game Night. There's no families. It's all celebs, bro. Um, 
Okay, so let's talk about the movie. So Dr. Richard Kimball, played by Harrison Ford, is falsely accused of killing his wife. But he, he didn't claims- kill his wife. Exactly. Uh, but he claims it was actually the work of a one-armed man. Nobody really believes him. He goes to jail. Um, yeah, the the police are kind of dick to him. They're like, oh, yeah? Well, which arm was he missing? Uh, how tall yeah, was he? They were he like, so answers all of those questions. skeptical. I feel like, I don't know. Is that what would happen in that kind of situation? I mean, so he did have like a decent motive. Mm-hmm. And um, they had his wife on the phone being like, Richard, like yeah. the, the, the 911 lady was like, and who, ki- who, who was your attacker? And then she like, the wife clearly saw her husband walk into her house and was like, Richard, um, just yeah. like unrelated to the question. And didn't that he have was... like a scratch on his neck or something? Yeah, from uh, his wife scratched his neck when he was trying to do CPR or something like that. Right, which seems weird. Yeah. Like I feel like she was already pretty much dead. I, don't know. Well, I didn't understand that. She was, she, I mean, she was still alive enough to like be doing CPR or to be on the phone when he walked in. That's true. Yeah, the the her saying Richard was the like least believable part of it to me because it's like, uh, okay, way to make it super convoluted and make them think that it's like actually him who, who's doing it. Well, it she just, wasn't necessarily thinking about that at the time. No, she was more I, worried about breathing. Okay, I'm not, not talking. Dying. I'm not talking about the character. I'm talking about the way right. the movie wrote it was yeah. pretty like convenient. I was like, okay. The yeah. rest of it, I was like on board with. But then her being like, he, he's killing me. Who? Well, Richard. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> well, I, I, like, I think what happens is because she says Richard, he's still in the house, which is her being like, hey, Richard. He's still in the house, and to, I know. to the nine one one people, it sounds like she's like Richard killed me. He's still in the house. I know, but still, uh, that was my least favorite part um, of that section. I um, didn't so, like that part because Harrison Ford's wife died. That's sad. Uh, fair enough. Fair enough. Um, okay, I was gonna wait to bring this up, but let's go ahead and talk about it. Okay, let's hunker down in uh, the section of. It's 1993, and no female character is treated well in movies other than Ellie Sadler in Jurassic Park. Uh, let's sit in that saddle for a second. Hey, Mark, any guesses on what the character's name is who got murdered? Um, Mrs. Kimball? Okay. <laughs> other than... Okay, fine. But other than that, <laughs> does she have a name? Um, I have no idea what it would be. I don't, uh, she, I'm pretty positive she doesn't. Every time Harrison Ford talks about her, he just says, My wife. My wife. My wife. Exactly. Can Never we, says her name. Can she we has no the, Can we make the water cooler my wife joke? Can we like shift that from Borat to uh, Richard Kimball? My sure, wife. If you, if you want to, go for it. Yeah. I, um, do I don't care. That's my response <laughs> to that. So, cool. so she, she doesn't have like she's such a non-character she doesn't have a name i just like that is the one part of this movie that i was off board for because she basically exists for harrison ford to get jealous that she's talking to another man them to fuck her to die like it's it's just like all the like you know stereotypical things you hear of like women characters not being treated well 
all in one like the, nice package. The flashback being like just a sex scene and not like, uh, hey, I like you as a person because you made me laugh that one time or whatever is kind of like, right? Yeah. They have a good rapport at the at the party in the very beginning of the movie. But but he's mm-hmm. mad at her talking to another guy. Like no, sure I it's kind of playful. Yes, it's like, playful. Yeah. But it's still him being like, "Oh, you're talking to him." Let that sort of thing, which still in the context of everything else is a tad gross. Tad gross. It was 1993. She also wasn't treated well because she was murdered. Right. <laughs> yeah. The term killed, for that killed dead. The term for that is like fridging, I think. I'm not uh, an expert. Iceboxing, I think. Yeah, I'm not an expert on those type of things. But I just thought it was like, because sometimes when the complaint is, oh, the significant other gets murdered and that's the person's only motivation to do stuff, I'm kind of like, well, but that would be a motivation. It doesn't bother me as long as that significant other has a character developed and this person doesn't even get a name. You know, so that's why it rubbed me a little bit the wrong way. Also, they can't even bother to have, like, another woman in the movie. Well, Julianne Moore for one scene. Well, but... And there's the the woman who's, like, on the U.S. Marshal squad. Um, I don't know the character's name. Yeah, who Tommy Lee Jones just makes fun of the whole time. And everyone's like, why are you so mean to her? And he's like, I don't care. (laughs) (laughs) Because that's his only line in the movie. That's his catchphrase. We've seen, we've definitely seen movies with worse treatment of women. Yes. I just thought it was like, I just found it beyond fascinating that she doesn't even have a, like somebody is going to like message us on Twitter or Facebook and say like, oh, actually her name is blah, 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 blah. Which like, sure, you're probably right. Her name is Helen, but I know that because I'm like reading it, not because Harrison Ford ever said, I miss Helen because she made me feel good. That is more my point. Is yeah. we don't know her name because she doesn't have a character. I'm sure yes yeah. in the script she had a name. Yeah. I mean to um, be fair, I also wouldn't have known uh Tommy Lee Jones's name. See, I would have though. But that's because I don't really pay attention to names. Right. Um so let's talk about Tommy Lee Jones because he so Harrison Ford is riding a bus to prison and the bus crashes, so he's like I'm going to take advantage of this and escape me. Um, well, so he wasn't like necessarily trying to escape as much as the bus was on a train track with a train coming at it. And he was like, I'm going to get the fuck out. Yeah. Right. But, um, but while he escapes, he also like grabs another. I think it's an like an actually an officer who is mm-hmm. like going mm-hmm. to die in the train crash. Yeah. yeah. He does save him. Yeah. Mm hmm. Um, so he's so, not like he's not like fucking incarceration. He's like, um, I want to stay alive. And then right. later on, he's like, also fucking incarceration. Right. So he he's being pursued by U.S. Marshal Samuel Gerard, uh, played by Tommy Lee Jones, uh, who's very good in this movie. Yeah. Um, which I mean, they both are. Harrison Ford is also very good in this movie. Um, so then there's lots of cat and mouse scenes with Kimball n- narrowly getting away. He jumps off the train. Mm-hmm. He hides in the sewers. He jumps off a waterfall as like Kimball um, is right up on him. Um, he hides a s- in a hospital and shaves and pretends to be a doctor for a little bit. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he makes like a fake ID thing uh, during one of those. Um, like while he's in the sewer. There's that famous scene, which I think, no joke, is my favorite scene in the movie. Harrison Ford has a gun. Tommy Lee Jones has a gun. 
it looks like it's going to be a standoff, but Harrison Ford's like, ah, I'm not going to shoot, and Tommy Lee Jones doesn't either. But Harrison, like, yells at uh, Gerard and is like, I didn't Chad. kill my wife. And then Tommy Lee Jones is like, Mark. I don't care. Which, like, is such a care. great moment. It's such a, like, yeah. it, 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 like, it shows you exactly what kind of character Gerard is, and it mm-hmm. shows you exactly what kind of character, uh, uh, Kimball is. I I yeah. think it's a it's a great moment. Like like Gerard just literally his whole motivation is like this guy belongs in jail, so I will put him in jail. Yeah. Um, Very by the right. book guy. And he's really good at his job. And kind of charming, but kind of a dick. Mostly a dick. Mostly a dick. But also kind of charming. But also kind of charming. Um, so after some of this cat and mouse stuff, it's like during this point, oh, it really hey, seems- also the resolution of that scene is Kimball jumps into a giant ass dam. Damn. Yeah. Damn. He jumps. Um, so Kimball mostly right now is focused on running away, but there becomes a point where he decides he's going to find the man who killed his wife. Well, mm-hmm. yeah, because after he jumps off the dam, everyone, but, uh, Gerard is like, he's dead as fuck. And Gerard's right. like, not until I, Gerard's like, not until I see a body will I believe that he's dead. So like, which is it, kind of insane, even though he was right. Yeah, right. yeah, that's kind of the reaction of everyone. But um, so basically, like, they stop looking for him. They start looking for the other people that escaped with him. Um, so he has time to like go back to Chicago and start solving his case before people are like, wait, I've seen him around. Right. So Kimball poses as a janitor and he gets information on people who have gotten prosthetics through the hospital because he's searching for the one-armed man. Uh, And then Kimball finds this guy named Sykes who is the murderer. Um, And uh, he finds out that Sykes is in the employ of a pharmaceutical company called Devlin McGregor, uh, which is run by a Dr. Charles Nichols. Devlin McGregor is also the company that was throwing the party in the beginning of the movie. Right. So Kim- Kimball realizes that Nichols was trying to have him killed because Kimball wouldn't sign off on a drug. It caused major liver damage and Nichols was trying to cover it up. Um, so th- that is the whole like impetus to like what caused the murder. It, the, the wife wasn't the target. Kimball was. And the one armed man was just hired to do it. And so uh, this was my least favorite part of the movie, which I, I love the movie. The but, investigation part? No, it was like the investigation was like so simplistic and simple, but I feel like the pharmaceutical conspiracy just like cranked it up like 10 notches all at once. And it was just a yeah, lot. It was, it was a little bit more complicated than mm-hmm. the resolution of the investigation needed to be right like i the he goes in he's like doing it narrowing down his search on the one-armed man through the prosthetics it's like i'm on board i get it then he like goes to his house and sees the face of the person that was at the the party and he's like putting all these unnecessary pieces together and it was just like a lot for my brain i had to like stop and and think about it a little too much and i like, like to honestly, not think of my movies if he had been like oh this person broke into my house to rob me and then killed my wife. I'd be like, okay. Like yeah. I wouldn't, yeah. I don't think there would have been a level of complexity where I'd been like, this is too simple of, a, of an investigation for him. It, uh, it, it, here's what's interesting, Mark. 
that is exactly how the TV show ends. There is, is no really? grand conspiracy. No, there's no grand conspiracy. The four seasons are just him running away and stuff like that. I mean, there's some like added elements and stuff at the end, but the reason why the one-armed man killed his wife is simply because it was a botched robbery. Like that's it. Nothing else. Um, so it's interesting. Yeah, it's it's interesting that they changed it for this movie mm-hmm. to be more of a conspiracy. Uh, there were a lot of movies around this time that were kind of doing that, which is my best guess. Lots of like, oh, big business is bad. I mean, like, look at Jurassic Park. Like, that's kind of the premise of that is like, it's a giant corp, giant corporation that's corrupt and that's causing all the problems. Do you guys um, do you guys know of any like corruption case from that era that? would have like sparked that because i don't know a lot about like the business practices of the year i was born or the year before um but i I, I wonder if like because um like the there's a lot of like people are rich and don't care about the small guys that's happening right now but that's because of like the 2008 like crisis that happened where people realized that there were rich people who were fucking over small people um and they've made movies about that now, like the big short and American made and that kind of shit. I think American made is about that. I don't actually know. Um, yeah. American made is set in the seventies. You said it was uh, like the Wolf of wall street. Um, but yeah, but like in there... tone and Wolf of wall street is also set in the eighties. Um, something with the I'm, Clintons probably. I don't know. Th- that's my best guess. Um, I can't really see anything because Enron was early 2000s, which is what I thought it was. Um, there was a lot of to, uh, there was tobacco scandals. It looks like in the 19 or in the 1990s, um, that was kind uh, of the big one. I wonder if it was something in the late 80s because it usually takes a while for trends to actually hit movies. Cause it takes um, a while for movies to be made. I'm not really seeing anything. Anyway, listeners, if you know of anything, tweet at us or post in the Facebook group or something. Yeah. It, it is interesting that a lot of these became hyper-focused on business being bad. I mean, here's the thing, actually. I think it was a response to the 80s because the 80s, from what I can tell from pop culture and from like talking to people, the 80s were known for living um, kind of beyond your means, like living extravagantly and stuff like that. Like It was an era of like wealth or whatever, basically. And then the 90s wasn't. So maybe that's what it is. Maybe it's a response to that kind of thing. Um, I don't know. It's interesting, though, that there is kind of that, like, reactionary stuff. Um, so so it's way more simplistic in the TV show. But in this, it's because of that pharmaceutical company. Um, Kimball realizes that Nichols was trying to have him killed because he wouldn't sign off on a drug. Um and the reason why was because it was causing liver damage and Nichols was trying to cover it up. I think we mentioned that. Um, but so Kimball confronts Nichols at an event. Like they're having some kind of event for the pharmaceutical yeah, company. Yeah, they're like, well, it's like the Association of Cardiologists or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, and they're, I think they're like debuting the drug. Yeah, I think you may be right. So some, so then violence ensues. Yeah, they just start punching um, each other, which felt right. wrong. They go up to a roof and start punching each other. Yeah, which and felt Die Hard. It felt exactly. very. That was just a sequence from Die Hard. It just was right. Um, yeah, the last thirty minutes feels very Die Hard. Yes. 
Um, Gerard chases after them the whole time. Nichols tries to suit Gerard. Kimball saves him by hitting him with the pipe. But you think Kimball's going to go away for the murder anyway, but it turns out Gerard knows what's up now, and Kimball's exonerated. So that's about the end of the movie. So, yeah, now let's talk about how that ending doesn't necessarily feel like the rest of the movie well so i'm going to hop back a second because all the while that kimball had been doing this investigation he had kind of been leaving clues behind for gerard right um to so that Mm -hmm. gerard could also be figuring out who was doing the murder and along the way gerard was like oh i guess kimball isn't the bad guy so he also stopped hunting down kimball and started hunting down the one-armed man and that kind of stuff but right, like, right. um, he w- was still focused on Kimball to some extent. I mean, he went to he went to the hotel because that he knew that's where Kimball would be. Right. So, so at the end, it becomes this punch out hitting. They're like they all hold guns. I was trying to think about this earlier. I don't know if a gun is ever fired in this no, movie. No, because um, well, two times. One when they're on that train. Mm-hmm. Um. So yeah. they're on. Uh, oh yeah, the the janitor from Scrubs was the was the cop who like gets shot. Oh yeah. Oh, oh yeah. yeah. Was oh yeah. Forgot about him. Yeah, he was just there um, for a second. I think that, that there's a I think there's like, a joke in Scrubs about the fact that he's that guy. Oh really? That's funny. Because yeah, I was like really um, excited to see him, and then it was just like, oh, he's dead. <laughs> okay, I'm very confused because this week I also watched Point Break, which had the same doctor from Scrubs in it. Also being an asshole, also being a detective, like, but this time in the FBI. So, I, so I, like, when you said the doctor from Scrubs, I was well, remembering things. I didn't things say the doctor like, from Scrubs. Yeah, he said, said the janitor, janitor from, Scrubs. from Scrubs. Because that's oh, who he was. Oh, got it. Well, also the Dr. Guy Cox Scrub, is in. Hey, hey, Scrub move. I don't know. Hey, that's dumb. I don't I, know I, Scrubs. You know what my favorite thing is about this podcast is when I try and say things and you guys stop it to say bad jokes. Um, well, you were trying to say trying to get incorrect things about the cast of Scrubs, and I was trying to defend that show's right. honor pre season ten. It was season nine. Um, anyway, it was so, season five where it went downhill. Let's get, let's get real. Yeah, but the um, med school season was particularly bad. Yes, that was season nine. Um, hey, I just wanted to say that they shoot guns twice in this movie, once on that train where the one-armed man kills the cop, and then also um, uh, Gerard kills the, the other guy as he's holding his partner hostage, and his, his partner's like, why the fuck did you shoot him? I'm going to be deaf for life. And Gerard right. goes, I don't care. Okay, you're right, but the final fight is just punching and yep. a lot of holding guns. But no firing guns. Um, and then shot. hitting people with crowbars. I feel like someone gets shot. I don't know. Maybe you do. It, it, it's just not very... I mean, it ends up being punchy is yeah. basically my main point. It's like it's a, it gets like very physical, like an in people's kind of like grill. And like that feels... It feels like a big action movie, which like... I don't know that this movie had like necessarily felt like that kind of action movie before there this point. Like- yeah. Two or three scenes that feel that way, but like I think the movie works best when it's not trying to be an action movie. Yeah, yeah, it's funny because about like literally when that train scene happened, I had, I had just thought to myself, it's kind of cool how Harrison Ford like is a doctor who doesn't know how to punch people. He just like 
runs away and does stuff. And then literally as I said that, he punched someone. And I was like, well, at least he only punches him once. And then he punches him like three times and kicks him. And I was like, well, so much for that. Um, yeah, I think that's where the movie like loses me a bit. <clears throat> Is that um, it It becomes kind of the action-y thing. It, it works very well until that. And I think it is the Die Hard influence. Die Hard had come out five years before. It's the same writer. Mm-hmm. Die Hard very much was about a normal person being doing a bunch of like action-y stuff. Yeah. Well, uh, he wasn't a normal person. He was like a cop, like a normal cop to be fair. But like yeah. he yeah. did have action training to some extent. I guess that's true, but the the whole movie of Die Hard bills him as kind of like an everyman average yeah, Joe. Yeah, yeah. And this is similar in that way. Um, so it's interesting, um, but I don't know. It, but it's really only in parts, which is why it's kind of, kind I think of weird. What, I think what reminds me more of Die Hard is kind of its tone and its like mm-hmm. small scaleness. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. um, I think I've said this before about Die Hard, not, maybe not on the podcast, but like... Um, Die Hard is cool because, like, the scale of the thing is, like, these guys just want this money. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and, like, Bruce the Willis scale just of wants to, like, protect live. his wife and live. Yeah. Yeah. And, like, the, the, the scale of this is, like, he just wants to find the guy that killed his wife. And that's yeah. it. Right. Like, if he can stop people from getting liver cancer in the process, that's cool. But, like... He's more, he doesn't, he's not like, hey, this guy's been lying about the livers. He's like, you killed my wife. Right. Right. Yeah. Uh, yeah, you're right. I, I, And I think that benefits the movie a bit. But then when it has bigger aspirations of it's a pharmaceutical conspiracy or let's have a punch out fight on the roof, that's when it loses its kind of small scale focus. And that's yeah, when it, it feels, doesn't work it feels as well. a little bit less personal. Yeah. Right. So let's talk about um, this movie was nominated for a variety of Oscars. Um, a bunch of them. Yes. Um, Nomin- nominated for more Oscars than Jurassic Park. Whoa. Yeah, uh, because it, Jurassic it Park wasn't even nominated. Less. Well, Jurassic Park wasn't even nominated for Best Picture, which is bonkers. Um, it was also a five-picture year. So Right. So it was nominated for... Um, We'll talk about this one in a minute. It was nominated for a supporting actor. Um, also nominated for cinematography, film editing, original score, sound, sound editing, and best picture. And it lost all of those. Um, to, but It lost all of those to either Jurassic Park or Schindler's List. Right. Spielberg stole them all. But what I want to talk about is this movie as a best picture nominee. That feels weird in 2017, right? Yeah, um, it feels closer to like a run-of-the-mill, like '80s thriller. Even though it was in '93, I thought it felt like an '80s '80s movie thriller. I, I don't yeah. know. It, it felt like I've seen this movie before, and I think it feels less weird in 2017 than it did in 1990, 1993. I I don't think so. I don't think this movie w- would have a shot of being nominated now. Um, I think that this movie is like. Hell or High Water. I think Hell or High Water is a little bit better, but like they're the same kind of like action movie with a little bit of a statement that's done really well. Hmm. Maybe it just feels more like an average action movie to me. Um, a good average action movie. I mean, it would kind of be like if John Wick got nominated, which I know has more gunplay and fights and stuff, but or like 
The Matrix or something. Like I know they're different okay. movies, but it's like I'm trying. I'm struggling to think of an example. Is my problem because it's not like Fast and the Furious. Uh, like a movie like this doesn't really come out anymore. I think is really yeah. why I'm having a hard time yeah. with it. Um, I think that like this movie, it does feel like an action movie, but like like this is also in the time of well, no, I guess because in this era. Um, Harrison Ford was doing other action movies like he was doing um, Clear and Present Danger and he was doing um, uh, me scrolling to my notes and he was doing Patriot Games um, right, and well, Air Force One so like there were other like kind of um, more tense action movies then um, whereas like now action movies are like um, John Wick or like okay, very I, like stunt heavy you know I, Mm-hmm. I guess this is the better example. It would be like if the Bourne, any of the Bourne movies, or except the Jeremy Renner one, um, or, or the new one, or the new one, because yeah. they're both bad, or the recent James Bond movies getting nominated for Best Picture, because they are similar to those two types of movies, especially Bourne. Bourne, yeah, more, more so, more so Bourne. De- yeah, Obviously, definitely. Bourne has more fight scenes and stuff, but it's very similar of like finding investigation. There's a conspiracy. Someone's after him. He's trying to get down to what actually happened. Yeah. And it's like if that movie got nominated and that movie doesn't get nominated now is is kind of where I was uh, trying to go with it. Yeah. But it would also be if Bourne was starring like a huge name and Matt Damon was a big name at the time, but he wasn't (laughs) like, he wasn't Harrison. That's the best example. But he wasn't Harrison Ford and he wasn't like Tommy Lee Jones was like a dramatic actor. Also, The Fugitive is just much better than any Bourne movie, I think. I don't know about that. I don't know about that. I actually uh, don't think that's right. I don't think that's right, actually. Bourne movies are definitely more influential. They changed the way fight scenes were shot forever. Sure, but I'm talking about like watching a movie and enjoying it. Uh, Mm, No, I I would probably still pop on any of the Bourne movies. Yeah, I think Bourne Identity is so good. I love all three. Sure, of Sure, they're good, but like they're. Oh, I think I. I've always thought they're just okay and overrated and. Nah, just, I love them. Just em. okay. I love them. The first yeah. one has Clive Owen for no reason in it. It's very interesting. Um, yeah, Clive Owen gets beat up for one scene, like with a newspaper or some shit. Like I don't know. The Bourne oh, movies God, are that sick. A, that was a good scene. Yeah, they're. He put awesome. the newspaper in the toaster and. Oh, like yes, did the like gas stabs on the stove? A, there stabs a motherfucker with a pencil. Hey, Joker, you you stole your bit from Born, you idiot. Um, like anyway. they're they're fine. I think I think the Born movies are better than the Fugitive. Pretty confident in that, and I like the Fugitive. I it's it's been a while since I saw the Born movies, but I might agree with you. Yeah. Now I think the new James Bond movies are better. Oh um, yeah, I think I well I think Skyfall and Casino Royale are better. Yes. Agreed. Um yeah, I think Spe- I don't know. Spe- Spectre isn't good at all. Spectre is not spectacular. Spectre is good. It's just not anywhere it's, close to the other ones. It's worse than Quantum of Solace. Not good. I agree with that. I actually like Quantum of Solace more than most people in the entire world. I think the Quantum of Solace is good. I think its plot is bad. Yeah, um, this I has now become a James Bond podcast. Can it be? <laughs> it could be, but there's a, we have competition there. I think that's the problem. Bond pictures? 
<laughs> yeah, exactly. I mean, here's the thing. When we run out of all the years we can talk about, we'll have to do shit like what's our favorite Bond movie. So Here's the thing. We'll get to 2012 and I'll, and I'll pick uh, Skyfall. Yeah, maybe. Um, don't make promises you can't keep. It, uh, Chad, do you don't like? Do you like Bond or Bourne movies? No, like, it seems like you don't. Not really. I mean, I, th- I like Skyfall wow. a lot, but like Bond is just pretty. I, I'm more interested in like Kingsman deconstructing spy movies than I am in like actually watching a spy movie. Uh, you're making me throw up. Um, you haven't seen Kingsman Golden Circle. Um, no, I haven't, but it looks better. I'd much rather see that than a Bond movie. And I work for MGM. You, you so. are wrong a thousand percent. Because you do work for MGM. For yeah. all we know, you could be working on Bond 25. Or I work for un- unscripted television. So. Um, oh, man. Bond 24. Is it a crossover with Jack Bauer? Yes. God, I wish. Kingsman 2 is the absolute pits. Um, and it, it, oh, it's a deconstruction. The second one, no, it's not. It starts buying into its own hype. Um, the Casino Royale and Skyfall and all the new ones are also a deconstruction of Bond, I would argue. Um, going the opposite direction. Skyfall more so? No, Casino Royale as well. Casino Royale very much is a deconstruction. Like it's a hard reboot. Like Bond, yeah. I hadn't seen that since I like since it first came out. So it's Casino yeah. Royale is the best one. Casino uh, Royale like looks at ones. why Bond is the way he is and how he was burned in his romantic relationships. Like yeah. it looks at why Bond is a womanizer now, which I think is really interesting. Yeah. It's the best Bond movie. Hot I just take. don't enjoy watching a Bond movie as much as I enjoy watching a movie like The Fugitive. That's so interesting. And like I think like yeah the 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 key is the character of Harrison Ford he's until he starts beating people up successfully on the train he's just like a doctor he's just like a guy and I like that more than just like yeah I'm James Bond I do what I want and I'm really good at everything and see, nothing's hard for me blah blah blah. See I like it in I like it being an average guy if he's an average guy the whole time. But if I go in knowing, oh, James Bond's a secret agent, I want to see him do secret agent shit. I, I guess that's the difference. It's like, I don't want to see a normal person be able to do secret agent shit, but I want to see a secret agent. See, I think Skyfall is my favorite because it's like he's a secret agent, but it's he's like, at the end of the movie, he's just like stripped down and he just has to be like a smart Home Alone kid and like just outsmart people without like all the tech. Cause like he's pretty like not tech heavy in that movie. He's just got to be a smart dude. And like, I don't know. All of, all of Daniel Craig's are kind of like that. Honestly. Um, Le- um, I think. Spectre- hey, so here's, okay. Here's my theory on why the fugitive works with its every main character. Harrison Ford is a really good fucking actor. That is true. Do you think that, do you think this movie would have worked better with a different actor? Are we about to play the game? We're about to play the, would this have worked with a different actor game? Yay. Yay. Now, is this like dream reboot casting well, it for today? Or no, is this like no, back in 1993? Yeah, Mark's segment is the game where we play who was going to potentially be cast. My game is the dream casting. Great. Okay. So, so this Sega movie w- was originally made um, with Nick Nolte in mind. <laughs> Incorrect. No, thank dead, you. dead serious. He was he signed on, and then he was like, "I'm too old for this." Weird. That's Nick weird. Nolte is one year older than Harrison Ford. 
Interesting. Okay. Um, other names include Andy Garcia. That's also weird. I think he's a more believable Andy, doctor. Has like was Andy Garcia big at the time? Um, he was in Godfather. Okay, fair enough. Um, I guess if you were in Godfather, you were just huge at that time. Uh, yep. yeah. Um, Alec Baldwin. That one makes the most sense to me. Does it? Especially during especially during this era, because there were also the Jack Ryan movies where Harrison Ford was Jack Ryan in one of the movies, then Alec Baldwin was in the other one. God, um, that's weird. That's yeah. It yeah. <laughs> it actually makes a ton of sense to me of this um, era. How much sense does Kevin Costner make? It it makes sense. Yeah, it makes yeah. sense. He he's definitely an everyman. Wouldn't wouldn't have um, been. He would have been like a similar flavor as Harrison. Like Alec Baldwin would have completely changed the movie. Would have just been a different movie. Would have been a similar flavor, but just not as good. I think Kevin Costner makes more sense as Gerard, honestly. Um, well, we will get to Gerard in a second. Um, the okay. last name on the Kimball list is Michael Douglas. That makes a million percent sense. Yeah, that'd be great. <laughs> in fact, I kind of want to um, see that movie. Michael Douglas was in a ton of movies like this at this time. Um. Yep. Um. He so sense. here are. There's just two names for Gerard. Um. Both of which I think are pretty good. Um. Gene Hackman. My only thing about Gene Hackman is at this time he was like a bit too old for this. Yeah, one, I think I agree. Um, I mean, playing like a guy who's been a marshal for years and is just like really good at his job. He could have. He could have rocked it. Yeah. Maybe. Yeah. Also, Tommy Lee Jones always seems old to me. Yeah. yeah exactly. How old was he when I, this movie came out? I have no idea, but I want to guess like 65. <laughs> how, no hey, that's how old accurate, is he? How old but... is he now? Um, 65. Yeah, probably. <laughs> He's just eternal. Yeah, he was. He was born 64, and then on his second birthday, he went to 65. Um, he is 71 then, now. So at minus 24, he would have been like. 50 something right uh 57 sure no 47 no, 47 47 okay 47 um we then, were liberal well mark has no excuse because he was a engineering major yeah that's <laughs> why i got the number right dumbass i guess that's true but me and Chad <laughs> are dumb at math okay um, so last but not else? least john voigt as gerard as gerard uh i guess that makes sense that would have worked during this time frame yeah, yeah. Yeah, I I, I wanted I would want to see people. more of like a villainous uh, Gerard if it were him. I would want the character yeah, to be different. Like John just... Voight's the villain in uh, Holes, right? Yes, uh, yeah. actually, kind of sort well, of. There you go. He's a uh, Mister Sir. Yes, Sigourney yeah. Weaver's the main villain in that, right? Right. Basically, everyone's a villain in that movie except for Michael du- or Shia LaBeouf in his shoes. And Henry Winkler, because Henry Winkler's just the dad. And Hector Zeroni. Uh, yeah, and, yeah, and all the kids. There are. Right. I'm sorry, there are two villains. And Armpit, and Zigzag. <laughs> yeah. Um, anyway, okay, so now let's play Cody's game, which is, okay, so of the movies we've seen, right. I don't think there should ever be a remake of Jurassic Park. I already feel iffy about the sequels. Right. I don't ever think there should be a remake of Days and Confused. The Fugitive, however, I think is a perfect movie to be remade. I'm not a person who is against remakes. I'm all for remakes when they make sense. So I think a... Co- Cody, go ahead. I know exactly who I would cast for it, but I want to hear your choices first. 
Okay. So here's who I would cast in the Dr. Kimball role. Okay. Okay. So Ryan Gosling, he's very good at this type of role. That could work. Um, Because I'm envisioning like I want all the action scenes taken out of it, basically. I just want it to be a mystery (laughs) kind of thing. Yeah, if you Um, remake this movie, it it can't try to be Die Hard again. It needs to just be a quieter, more more of a thriller, less of an action movie. Cody, it's very bold of you to put Ryan Gosling in a Harrison Ford movie. (laughs) <laughs> I know. I know. I thought about that too, but he like Ryan Gosling's our best actor except right, maybe so, Jake Gyllenhaal. So Mark, okay, I've got Mark. two more. Wait, wait, wait. Maybe more. Ryan Gosling has to hunt down Harrison Ford. Ooh. <laughs> Intrigue. <laughs> Who's the replicant that got away? <laughs> Mark, we don't know that he's a replicant. Sorry, 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 sorry. Is that your number anyway. one choice for the Harrison Ford role or for Campbell? I, I don't know. Mm-hmm. I have cuz I kind of want to hear I, w- I want to go Here's, through get everyone's Number one, Harrison Ford's, then we'll move on to Gerard, and then we'll move on. Here's yeah. Here's my thought, Cody. Um, okay. Harrison Ford was like 50 when this was made. Like, he was like a well-respected doctor, mm-hmm. like an older guy. Um, yeah. So I would want someone a little bit older. I'm trying to think. Okay. Who's our, like, nice middle-aged action star? Tom Cruise. <laughs> no. Mean, no. Tom Cruise could never be a normal person. That's true. Well, is he? He's kind of normal and American-made, right? Uh he's super over the top. But that's okay, the point. never mind. I don't know, Mark. Are you thinking like a like a Clooney? Maybe I don't maybe know. Maybe a Clooney. You know what? Yeah, I could see a Clooney in this. Okay, uh, Chad, what you think? Okay, so for the lead role, I'm going to choose Alden Ehrenreich. Ehrenreich. Okay, you say his name. good joke. I'm so glad you. <laughs> plan this joke way in advance but like i kind of want him to play the role and for harrison ford to be like what the hell man okay so for people who don't know that name because no one does that's the guy who got cast in the new han solo movie playing the role of han solo and then they reboot indiana jones do you want to go ahead and say your uh your gerard pick as well um let's finish Okay. Um, fuck off. Um, <laughs> you're no longer allowed in my game, Chad. Okay. Um, so here, Wait, here what was my... the joke with Woody Harrelson? He's in like because oh, he's Han Solo movie. See, he's I thought you were, ha- I thought you were gonna say Josh Brolin who played oh, a young Tommy no, Lee Jones. I should have said that. I should have said that. Here's the thing, though. He Josh Brolin does make a... the most sense for the doctor or the for the Gerard. One hundred percent. He would be the choice. Um. Um. Mark, do you have w- any other Doctor Kimballs or? I have a I have a Gerard his uh his name just a, oh it's uh, it's Gerard Butler name Fuck name is off I'm uh, trying no, to no, do no, this seriously no, I'm dead serious his name is unrelated I think he would be good in the, good at that character I, th- I, I think legitimately think I agree I don't because he's a bad actor um but sure um here are my other two Doctor Kimballs who I think would be pretty good. I think Idris Elba, but it's kind of, I want Idris Elba to be in a good blockbuster more than I think he's good for this role because he mm-hmm. deserves to be in a good blockbuster. I, I guess he was it. in Jungle Book, but y- you didn't necessarily like know it was him. But like He's in he, Thor he des- 3 as well, right? But he has such yeah. a small role in all those movies. Like He deserves to be the lead. But here is my left field choice that I think legitimately may be my number one. It's close. Are you ready, Mark? Buckle up. I'm click. Buckle. I think you're gonna. I think you're gonna agree with me based on a movie you and I have watched recently. And my choice for the Doctor Kimball role is Emily Blunt. 
Think about it for a second. Oh, as Dr. Kimball? Yeah. Okay, I thought you were saying Gerard. No, 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 no. Her as uh, Dr. Kimball. Yeah, I could see that. Yeah, because we watched Sicario, and it's kind of a, like, similar... She would have a similar performance. It would be, it would be like, halfway between her and Sicario. Well, I guess it would be closer to her and Sicario. Mm-hmm. Um, but she's also really good as, like, the opposite in uh, uh, Live, Die, Repeat. Exactly. I love Emily Blunt. <laughs> she is, like... We, I don't think we realize what a treasure we have in Emily Blunt. And she's, she's like... She's great. She's so good. Um, like everybody knows Amy Adams and Jessica Chastain are great. Like those, and they kind of play similar roles. They always play like, like characters women who, who are, are like thrust into a new situation and they have to figure it out. Yeah. Like they, mm-hmm. they, they, they play roles where they're like dealing with stuff way over their head is kind of like, cause that's very much Sicario. That's very much a rival. That's very much uh, zero dark 30. And so well, they have I don't that think kind zero dark 30 is over her head. I think she's very qualified for that. She's qualified, but that situation is over everyone's head. Yeah, it's kind yeah. of the point of that movie. Um, yeah. She is the most qualified. She's the motherfucker who found him. <laughs> like, isn't that the quote from the movie? I think it is. I think so. Um, but like they, they are all able to like portray that kind of like, I am fucking exhausted, but I'm still like dealing with this shit. And mm-hmm. I think, I don't know. I think Emily Blunt would be so good in it. Um, all right. And Coach, then, who's, your, who's your Gerard pick? I mean, Josh Brolin. <laughs> like, I mean, I know it's <laughs> obvious, but like yeah. he kind of is the best person for that kind of role. Yeah. Um, I was if, trying to think of others and I really like couldn't. If you had it's to really gender Josh swap, Brolin. if you had a gender swap to match Emily Blunt, who would it be? Um, so I mentioned this Emily Blunt thing to Chad mm-hmm. a couple days ago and whoa, I was like, whoa, I'm not, I do not tr- approve of any off pod talk. I know, I know. Yeah. And I was like, I'm not, I'm not trying to do an all female reboot. Cause I know for some reason, that's like a dirty word. Why yeah. is Hollywood always right. m- taking her favorite died. movies? You, you, they, they they've done it. Girls in it. Yeah. They've done it. They've done it literally once, but everybody acts like it's a trend. Ocean's uh, eight is uh, my fetal childhood. But- Ocean's, uh, yeah, you're right. Ocean's 8 Ocean's is in development, 8. but I'm actually really excited about it. Um, right, it's going to be great. Ocean's yeah, 8 is the second, and everybody yep. was acting like it was a trend that was ruining movies. It happened um, once, and now it's happening in the second. If I had to swap, if I had to switch it, though, um, fu- I mean, maybe it's because I saw Logan Lucky, but Hilary Swank would be pretty good in oh, that role. Oh, fuck. Hilary Swank would be so good in that role. Julia Roberts, like, you know, somebody maybe a bit yeah. more established like that. Um, oh, fuck. No, fuck off. Fuck everyone. It's Laura Dern. It's Laura Dern. No, no, <laughs> yes, it's not. Yes, it is. You know, yes, I love, is. you know I love me some Dern. You don't think it's Laura she's, Dern? She's my Dern favorite. <laughs> oh, God. Um, God darn it. Um, I, I want Frances McDormand. Oh, shit. That's a good one. I like that. I like that. No, I'm I, I'm, ob- I'm, ob- I'm obsessed with this Hillary Swank pick. You would be because she was in a Soderbergh movie, and you love you some Soderbergh. Um, I do. Okay, okay, so so we talked about this movie kind of as like a Oscary role, um, or an Oscary film, and how it isn't. Right. I mean, because like if you if you talk to a lot of people, they're like, "Oh, there's Oscar Beatty movies." This would not be one of those. No, um, like no one today would accuse Harrison Ford of like going for an Oscar for like this right. role. So let's talk about the one Oscar that this movie did win, which was Tommy Lee Jones winning for Best Supporting Actor. 
Is this also confusing to you so guys? Because it, it is it, to me. It was until we started talking on the podcast about how he didn't really start doing his Tommy Lee Jones thing until after this movie. And like oh, you and right. me, yeah. we're so used to Tommy Lee Jones being Tommy Lee Jones. But like this was probably like the first time people got to see him do his thing, which is amazing. Yeah, um, so he had he at this point he had a Golden Globe nomination mm-hmm. um for Coal Miner's Daughter. Coal Miner's Daughter, thank you. Um and then he was also in TV stuff. He got he won uh Emmys for like a TV movie and a TV miniseries he was in. Uh-huh. Um but this came out before JFK, which he got a lot of recognition for. This came out before Batman Forever, uh in which he was bad. Um, yeah, but everyone is Mark. I've seen um, JFK. The- I can't tell you who he is in that movie. Who else is in that movie? I know, like literally, everybody is in that movie, but I can't really tell you what happens in that movie because it's fucking five hours long. Well, JFK gets killed. Yeah, <gasps> uh, spoilers. Spoilers. I mean, might get killed. There might be two shooters. Um, that actually, that is actually kind of the plot of that movie. Yeah, I that's think. the plot of the movie. It's it's about the court case where they try to figure out if there's two two killers. Yeah. Um, a fun fact about him on Batman Forever, uh, he like so Batman Forever is like him as heart as the Two Face and Jim Carrey as the Riddler. He fucking hated Jim Carrey. Oh, <laughs> surprising no one. <laughs> surprising me least of all. Yeah, that's probably accurate, Cody. Because, like, I'm, I'm not the biggest fan, but, like, I don't have the problems with him you have with him. I think he's an asshole. Um, but I could also see Tommy Lee Jones, who is a bit of an asshole, just, like, not taking any of Jim Carrey's yeah, shit. Just, like, is Tommy Lee Jones like, an asshole? Uh, he's, a, like, like he's, curmudgeonly. Like yeah. yeah. Okay, yeah. Just, I mean, like, he, he's what he seems, basically. His whole, exactly. his whole okay. vibe is, okay. like, I don't, I'm not going to put up with your bullshit. Well, yes. that, that um, I'm more on board with than like Jim Carrey's brand of asshole. assholery. Yeah. Yes, yeah, I, I mean, agree. Like, Tommy Lee Jones's brand is like I'm not going to put up with your bullshit, and Jim Carrey's brand is like here's my bullshit, and that's not a great mix. <laughs> that's a yeah, pretty no. spot on description. Because Tommy Lee Jones is a quote unquote asshole in the same way Harrison Ford are. We're like I love yeah. both of them. They're grumpy old guys mm-hmm. and they're just like but here like, to do what they want to. They've both been grumpy old guys since they were like 20. Right, exactly. I would love to see them hang out offset and just not say a fucking word. Exactly. But like um, there's but, this like mutual respect and understanding there and they I like, feel each like it other. would be if you know that scene in the later seasons of Parks and Rec where uh um, Sam El- Sam Elliott and yes. uh, Nick Offerman hang out. Yes, that it is would the be set like of that. the fugitive. Yeah, I mean it probably is. I mean, and here's the thing about Carrie. What's so annoying about him is he's been good in movies. So like, it's hard yeah. to talk about. Like, he's done good stuff. Like he's, he's just in one of my obnoxious. He's now. the star of like my one of my all time favorite movies, Eternal Sunshine mm-hmm. of Spotless Mind. Right, love that movie. He's also great in Truman Show. He's also great mm-hmm. in Man on the Moon. But yep. he, especially now Man when he's moon. just a dick to people on red carpets, which some people think is brilliant. I think it's just him being an asshole. Um, I don't know. I would, I would, if you're going to be an asshole, be like Tommy Lee Jones and just be like, Hey, I don't want to talk to you. That's way more respectable than mm-hmm. saying like, Hey, you're, you don't exist. Yeah. Like, ugh, anyway, I close um, my eyes and you don't exist. God. Isn't that ugh. weird? 
isn't it? It's so Ugh. weird. Aren't I quirky? I feel like I accidentally make people mad each episode. Cause like last <laughs> last time I shit on Deadpool, now I'm shitting on Jim Carrey. I think he's a good actor, and that's what matters. I love Kanye's music, and he's an asshole. Like I, you know, you can kind of separate that to me. And Jim mm-hmm. Carrey is good and stuff. Anyway, um, what were we talking? Can we talk about, about how weird it is that this movie? Okay, can you guys name another? Another movie that was nominated for Best Picture that got a sequel that didn't have the main character in it. Um, I don't. That's way too many variables. But like, just a, a sequel that doesn't have the main. Oh well. Well, Jurassic Park wasn't uh, nominated, but its sequel didn't have the main character in it. Um. Or I just think so, so. Silence of the Lambs didn't have. Oh no! Shit! They recast her with Julianne Moore. It was still the same character. Um. Also, Julianne Moore is in this movie. Um, I right. just think it's weird that they made a spinoff, um, U.S. Marshals, yeah, that had Tommy Lee Jones in his role. It had um, Joe Pantoliano in his role. Mm-hmm. Um, and Did it have the whole it. Marshall squad, or was it just those two? Yeah, I, th- I think it had a couple had people in the Marshall them. squad. Okay. They added yeah. Robert Downey Jr. to the Marshall, sh- Marshall squad. Weird. Um, and um, Wesley Snipes was the fugitive. Interesting. Mark, I have an answer for you, I think. <laughs> Which is Avatar three because I think they move past Jake and uh, Natiri. I think it's about their kids or some shit. Um, All right, sure. <laughs> so we'll we'll know in twenty forty seven whether or a, not I'm right. What did what did uh, I can't believe that got nominated for best picture. God, it was so bizarre, and people were like, "It's gonna win," and it was like, mm-hmm, "I hope not." And then James Cameron's ex wife was like, "Fuck you." Yep. Yep. Hurt I'm gonna make movie. you hurt. Locker. Um, oh my god, U.S. Marshals got a 27 on Rotten Tomatoes. <laughs> I didn't see that part in our notes until just now. Should we uh, um, Should we watch it for shiggles? Talk about it? Uh, we'll see. We'll Probably see. not. What year is uh, it? It's 98? Ni- I think so, sure. yeah. I don't know. Yeah, we'll get to um, it in like five years. But uh, So this is what we were talking about. Tommy Lee Jones' Oscar. Uh, it, it's so weird because he's just playing himself. So Or like not himself, but his persona that we've seen in every film. Mm-hmm. So to know that he won the Oscar is very confusing to me. But I think you're right, yeah. Chad. It, it was before he had been like established as the Tommy Lee Jones right. well, that we all know. So, I mean, he's playing the role that he plays in a lot of other movies. I think that, like, there are movies where he doesn't necessarily play this role. Like, Lincoln, for example. He isn't, like, a curmudgeonly... I forgot um, he was in Lincoln. Yeah, he got an Oscar nomination for Lincoln. Oh, yeah. Um, uh, That's, like... So, this is, like, his first of four Oscar nominations and his only win. Um, But, like, yeah, he plays this role a lot. But I think it's because this role was so iconic for him. He didn't win it for No Country for Old Men, which is confusing to me. That's his best. That's his best role. I agree. What I year agree. was that? Uh, 2008. 2007? Oh, yes, that's the Heath Ledger year. Oh, then if it's 07, I don't know. He well, he wasn't even nominated that year for No. Yeah, Country. he was. Yeah, he was. Not for Academy Award, homie. He got nominated in 2007 for In the Valley of Elah. For best actor, so maybe that's what threw it off. Was he was being nominated for best actor for something else, hmm. and so they weren't going to push him as much in another movie. There's a lot of like politics and stuff like that when it comes to the Academy Awards. So uh, that's my best guess, but I think that's his best performance. Um, that's 
everybody's best performance. That's a dope ass movie. Um, okay. So do you guys, Mark, do you have any more fun facts when it comes to the fugitive? I feel like we've talked around it a lot, but to me, that's because it's a very like good movie. I think I described it on Letterboxd as like, it's the perfect movie. If you're just chilling around on a Sunday, throw it on. And that's kind of where it exists for me. Um, Very good, but it's like, I'm not analyzing every detail, I guess. Here's something Uh, that's weird about this movie. It got a parody movie, like a Leslie Nielsen parody movie. Yeah. Uh, Have you seen it? Tell tell me more. Tell me more, Mark. Um, Tell me about that film. It's called Wrongfully Accused, which is a bad name. Yep. Um, it stars Horrible. Leslie Nielsen, who is uh-huh. better than this. Um, <laughs> but he's he's great, but he made some awful movies. He's been in some awful, yeah, awful, movies. awful movies. I think after Airplane, he was like, oh, I can just be a funny guy. Yeah. And then, he wasn't a funny guy before that movie, which is what's also no, interesting. No, yeah. Well, I think that wait, he realized he could be Naked, a funny guy. And then, was Naked Gun before or after? After. That was after Airplane. Okay. Gotcha. Um, then, yeah. I think that he didn't realize that he needed the Zucker brothers to write movies for him to be funny in. Yeah, he was in like Scary Movie Five or something, or one of the scary. Yeah, like the he basically just made movies. nothing but mistakes after Naked Gun Two and a Half yeah. or whatever. Thirty three yeah. and a third is really good too. Okay, thank you. I um, have but only wrongfully seen accused his movies. was a German production. Oh, um, and I think it was only released in Germany. It has a twenty two percent on Rotten Tomatoes. Damn. We should watch it for shiggles. Stop trying to make us watch extra movies. Um, I want more bonus steps. It was so fun to drop that episode this past Wednesday. Yes, it was. <laughs> um, I thought it would have been funny if the movie that O.J. Simpson had co-starred in with Leslie Nielsen was wrongfully accused, but it wasn't. It was, <laughs> no, that it was, was Naked, Naked Gun. Gun. Yeah. Naked Gun, but it would have O.J. Been is hilarious darkly. in that movie, by the way. God, that's hard to hear. <laughs> I know, like you, um, but you got to if you can separate the the uh, artist from the well, art, the, well, like we do with Jim Carrey. Separa- <laughs> there's a difference between separating an asshole and a murderer. I think. Well, alleged. Well, not alleged murderer. Um, I don't think it's alleged at this point anymore. Well, he he was uh, convicted in a civil case and exonerated exactly. in a legal case. Right, so so it's fine. We can still like the Naked Gun. Mm. He I mean, gets yes, you can like the so movie, OJ. Here's the here's probably why I think I like his scene is because the scene is just OJ getting injured like one thing after the next, like mouse traps uh, on okay. his no, on that's his fair. fingers, that's fair. and then like he gets hit with a door, and then he falls off a boat, and then like the next scene is in like a body cast. It's it's funny to watch that happen yeah, to OJ. It, if it's shitty things happening to him, I can accept it. Yeah. Mark, are there any more um, fugitive facts you want to hit us with? Um, None that are worth I, it. There are, if I've, you want me to tell you some facts, I can tell you some facts. I've got a, I've got a fugitive fact. Okay, okay, give me that fugitive fact. For some reason, um, ever since Mark has told us uh, that we're watching The Fugitive, I keep singing The Fugitive in my head to the... <laughs> What the tune fuck? of Unbreakable? <laughs> Unbreakable Kimmy Schmidt. Yeah. That's weird. Um, uh, and I, then I, as we were recording the podcast, I thought Unbreakable Kimball Rick because <laughs> Richard Kimball. <laughs> Jesus Christ! The fugitive. <laughs> She's dead. Damn it! Uh, it's a murder. 
I don't know. <laughs> God. Uh, good stuff. Good stuff. Um, Mark, I asked you a very specific question uh, you to did. research. You <laughs> asked I, me. Yep. You you left a question in the notes as you do when you want me to research something. Yes. Where did Harrison Ford get the scar on his chin? <laughs> I was I saw a lot of his face in this movie, and I was like, he's got a scar on his chin. Wonder where that's from. Um. So I typed into Google, where did Harrison Ford? And the top search result was, get that scar on his chin. <laughs> well, um, which was a little bit creepy. Curiosity. Yeah. Um, so in 1968, before he was a movie star, he um, ran his car into a telephone pole while, quote, fumbling with his seatbelt. Shit. Um, his face at the steering wheel and he, he blames inept emergency surgery, which seems like bullshit since he's a doctor in this movie. But I don't, Mark, I don't know about that. <laughs> That's, that seems like a weird accusation to <laughs> hold against Harrison Ford. Um, I also, also think, why is he fumbling with his seatbelt as he's I driving? Know, but. Yeah, but that's the part that seems sketchy. I feel to me. like that's innuendo for something else. No, I don't. You I don't fumbling with your seatbelt over there? I don't want to <laughs> cast. I think I saw Harrison Ford fumbling with his seatbelt. If you know what I'm saying. I don't want to cast aspersions against star of our whole world, Harrison Ford. Um, that's interesting, Mark. Um, here's the thing. I think I tweeted this the other day because I was thinking about it as I watched this movie. Have you ever met someone who is like, you know, Harrison Ford? Take him or leave him. I, I, I really don't like him that much. No. Right? Here's like, my question. Have you ever met someone who's wrecked as many vehicles as Harrison Ford? Okay, well, <laughs> do we have to? I mean, Jesus Christ, Mark. Or had, like, doors dropped on him or accidentally punched people in the face. Yeah, um, like, is it in his contract for every movie that he has to get on in an onset accident? Yeah. In this movie, he, he hurt his legs in the wood. He hurt his leg in the woods. And then refused to get repa- like surgery to fix it because he wanted to keep his limp for the movie. <laughs> I mean, that's method acting without sending condoms to your co-star, so yeah. I'll give it Twisted! I never want to hear that noise again. Twisted! <laughs> but, for real, Harrison Ford's the best, right? Harrison like, Ford is the greatest. Probably. Like... Uh, seriously i've never encountered anybody who's like i hate harrison ford and i don't think i could be friends with the person who did because like even if you don't like every movie he's been in he's still harrison ford he's still like the two two of the greatest characters of all time han solo and indiana jones at the same time as well. at the same time you could also argue for a third because rick deckard is a pretty like renowned character like Blade Runner's highly influential and people love that character. See, I didn't know who uh, you're talking about because I still haven't seen the original Blade Runner. What Dude, the okay, fuck well, are once you we're doing, done recording, Chad? go watch. Blade I don't Runner, know which Chad. cut to watch. The director, the final cut. cut or the final cut. Shit, that's the one I see. Meant, but I don't know what it's called. It's the final cut. It's the it's, only one you can buy. It's right intimidating. Now. It's the only one. It's intimidating. It's the, it's the only one you can actively watch right now. It's intimidating. Also, if you like, start one that has. Um, voiceover on it turn it off because you found the wrong one hey that's all you need to hey are we ready to vote i think we're ready to vote so let's talk about it so what's currently in the lead for the best picture of 1993 is jurassic park i'm a now we are pitting it in a dino world so we're gonna pit it it's the fugitive harrison ford and tommy lee 
Jones. Um, Julianne that- Moore's in this movie too. She's fourth build for some reason. I'm so I glad did we not fu- kill my. <laughs> I don't I'm, care. I'm, I'm so glad we finally got our theme song uh, able to play our our, our uh, yeah, vote it, our vote stinger. Mm-hmm. Um, so okay, so we're pitting Mark's pick for the Fugitive, 1993, against Jurassic Park, which is currently the winner for Best Picture of 93. Chad, uh, you go first. Uh, I'll go second. Oh. Mark go third. Let's kind of like talk about uh, okay what we think and uh, vote, so... and then Mark will be the last vote. Basically, I love this movie a lot, but we talked about some of the issues we have with it. Like, I didn't like how it was trying to be a diehard movie. I think it would. I think the story is just captivating enough to where you don't need all these action set pieces. Just like I want Harrison Ford figuring out who killed his wife. A final showdown. I want like Harrison Ford and Tommy Lee Jones pointing guns at each other in the sewer to be the most tense slash action-y scene in the movie um and yeah for that reason it because it's like more unbalanced and like almost unfocused like it's half thriller half action movie um i'm gonna go jurassic park is probably a better movie hey i just realized that i never told you guys where i stopped watching this when i watched it on tv oh yeah which half did you watch did you watch the first half or the second it was the, I guess the it first. was the first half because if i had only watched the second half i would have remembered that i only saw half the movie Gotcha. Mm. Um, I think the last thing I remember seeing was Gerard being like, "Find me his body." Uh, after he jumped off. After the he dam. jumped off the dam. So you saw even halfway. You saw like Mark. a quarter of the movie. You saw a, a third of this movie. <laughs> I was like, I was like sixteen and watching it on TV, and probably had something else to do. That's what's so fascinating about this grand podcast experiment that we're doing is because we're picking movies that we haven't necessarily seen in a while, but we remember them being our best, um, our favorite movies of a particular year. So it'll, it will lead to stuff which like this, which I think is fascinating. Like, I'm so glad we watched this movie legitimately. Me too. I'm talking way too fast. Um, <laughs> legitimately, Mark. Like, I texted you guys and was like, I'm so glad we watched this movie. Um, because it was fun. Um, Wait, hold I mean, on. Chad didn't finish his vote. Yes, he did. Yeah, did. He said, I'm voting Jurassic Park. Oh, I just um, told him to Chad. Yes. But so we haven't been necessarily hard on this movie, like at all. Um, we, like we have a few complaints, but it, mostly what it boils down to is this movie's fine. It's not bad by any stretch of the imagination. I think it's, it's mostly, it's, it's better than fine. I think it's, it's yeah, r- it's really good. It's just like comparing it to Jurassic Park, which we, I mean, we talked about, you can go listen to that first episode if you haven't already. Um, right. we yeah, talk, I mean, we, yeah, like talk it, about it's just, there's a reason that none of us have seen this movie is because like right. yeah it was great and yeah everybody it was the third highest grossing movie of the year behind Shit. Jurassic Park and Mrs. Doubtfire yeah um, that makes sense wow I haven't seen Mrs. Doubtfire um, that's what I like, just realized in that. But like, it, it holds up but it's not like remarkable no one's ever like holy fuck you haven't seen The Fugitive everyone's like oh yeah it's good watch it sometime yeah, and well, so that's kind of m- the crux of my argument is more so than the other two movies that we watched, 
this feels the most 90s to me. Like, yes, I know there's that part in Jurassic Park with the computer, but computers (laughs) didn't even work like that then. So, like, you can kind of forgive that. Mm -hmm. Jurassic Park doesn't really feel... Like, it feels relatively timeless, Mm -hmm. as does Dazed and Confused, because it's set in a different era. This feels like the most 90s movie. And what I think is interesting, looking forward to our 94 miniseries, is both of the movies that you guys are going to pick are the most 90s possible movies of all time. Yeah. Um, so I think it'll be interesting to talk about those two, um, which we won't reveal those yet, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I honestly I, I, forgot what I picked. Okay, so Chad picked and then Mark picked, which okay, are... I didn't want you to tell me. Oh, sorry. Um, I so can, those I are, can bleep, bleep it out. out. I'll bleep it out. Yeah. Don't don't bleep it out because then people are going to be anyway. Whatever. The mystery uh, needs to sure. remain a thing. So, but I'll, so 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 both of those movies are hyper ninety. So it'll be interesting to talk about like within that context. Like okay, because I'm using that as a distinction of why Jurassic Park is better because it feels more timeless. Are you saying um, your is, vote is Jurassic Park? Um, yeah, I mean, I've talked a million times about how Jurassic Park is like in my top movies of all time. Like, obviously, I'm going Jurassic Park, but my reasoning is like, it just feels more timeless. The The Fugitive, if it had been made in a different era, I think could have been an even better movie. Not that mm-hmm. it's bad, but I think it's very much a product of its time. Yeah. And yeah, I think Jurassic Park, the fact that Jurassic Park didn't get nominated for Best Picture in this did is insane. Jurassic Park is the best movie of 1993 in my opinion mark it's your turn um i agree with you this movie feels very 90s um i don't know if that's necessarily a bad thing i think that we disagree on we've talked about this before with different movies like uh, i don't think that being of an era is a problem per se because i think that like yeah i think you're i think you're right but there's just something about this that has the bad part of 90s filmmaking, if that makes sense. Like the 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 pressure of Die Hard on it. Like that that's more what I mean, of it very much being of that era. Yeah, I mean, so sure. It, it's not particularly like original, I guess. Is that your problem with it? Uh, now okay. I'm having a problem articulating Fine. it. it, it no, I, I think I know what you mean. Yeah. Um, but that doesn't really bother me. Um what bothers me is that this movie is like to an extent like not super memorable. I think it has a lot of great set pieces. I think yeah. that that the the whole damn scene is so great and the shot mm-hmm. of him jumping off of A the shot of him jumping off of the train is great and B the shot of him jumping off the dam is also great. Um yeah. And it looks like he should die and I stand by the fact that he should die. Um <laughs> yes. But like that whole scene, that exchange is really good, and I love the the um the care like the I love Tommy Lee Jones's character and the like the his character arc as well. Um, mm-hmm. But at the end of the day, like I watched this movie ten years ago, about, um, and I might watch this movie again in ten years. But like I I don't think that I would ever like be like oh man I haven't seen The Fugitive in forever I need to see that again. Um, because it's it's good, but it's not like best of all time. Right. I also think what's interesting about what you're saying, Mark, is the most memorable stuff happens at the beginning of the movie. The yeah, last half absolutely. is not memorable, basically. No. 
Yeah, I feel like this movie could be split up into two movies, The Fugitive and The Hunt for the Guy That Killed My Wife. Yeah, my I, wife. I, I think... I think you're. I think you're right. And Mark, do you want to tell the audience about the test that you have that sometimes we'll employ when things get too difficult? I don't know that it's ne- necessary. Oh yeah, for this yeah, one. Yeah. But I I love the idea of this test. So I completely forgot about this. So so the way I I will pick the best movie of of a particular year is like if I see. So here's my situation. I'm at Walmart. I've got ten bucks in my pocket, and I'm at the DVD rack. Um, and Jurassic Park is there for ten dollars. And uh, the fugitive is there for ten dollars, and I'm like, "Fuck! I can only buy one of these. Which one do I want to own?" Um, and well, you can't world... get either one of them because I mean, you didn't account for tax. You right. Ten dollars oh, even. So you I have. have, to borrow I have a cha- it's tax free weekend, Cody. Okay. Well, um, tax free weekend doesn't apply to DVDs, but sure. Um, it does in this universe. Um, okay, also, okay, in this universe, enough. I don't own any DVDs, so there's never <laughs> right. like a situation where I'm like, "Oh fuck, I already own this." Also, <laughs> right. there's no right. special features on either, so I don't I don't have to like take into consideration that like there's a commentary on Jurassic Park, but not on the Fugitive. <laughs> All right. of that is out of the out of the picture. Yeah. Um, right. Can we can we just also talk in terms of Blu-rays? Because... So, sorry. Can we just talk in terms of Blu-rays? You sure, said? Blu-rays. Sure. That helps Whatever. me to visualize. Okay. okay, thanks. Um, they're also both like, um, both have just blank, uh, cover art, so like I don't have to worry <laughs> about people looking at it and being like, this one looks better than that one. Um, it's all about what is on the disc. Right. Um, I think that I would buy Jurassic Park because like Jurassic Park is a movie that like I want to be able to just throw on the TV whenever I want to. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's also a movie because I think a lot of um. A lot of owning a movie is people being able to look at your movie collection and being like, oh, cool, this movie is really cool, and I, I like the fact that you own this movie. Um, and Jurassic Park, I think, is a, a better movie to own than The Fugitive, so I pick Jurassic Park. Boom, 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 boom. This is our first unanimous decision. That's not true. That's not true. Well- Okay, well, our first, I mean, I guess <laughs> technically our first one was unanimous, but not really counting that one. I guess there's only been two episodes where we've actually voted. Um, so we'll see if it sticks. Um, currently, Jurassic Park is our best movie of 1993. But now, so now I bet you're wondering, Chad picked his best movie of 93. I picked my best movie of 93. Mark picked his. But wait, 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 wait Cody, what, what could possibly come next? Well, yeah, Cody, what the fuck are we gonna do, guys? Our, our fourth host gets to pick the the Academy of Motion Pictures Arts and Sciences. <laughs> our our silent host, the Academy of Motion Pictures Arts and Sciences, picks our fourth movie, um, which you'll notice going forward, we're also never allowed to pick for our favorite movie of the year what won Best Picture because we want cheating. you guys to yeah we want you guys to have a variety of picks um, and a lot of times we don't want to pick the Best Picture. Um, I think that there are a couple of times where that will come up. Um, yes, yeah, we will address. That I know as for one for sure. There's one year where it applies to me. Um, yeah, I think Chad- there's I think there's one year it applies to all of us, but we'll see. Um, I th- and I think it's 2007. Um, so, so next week we're going to talk about the movie that won, um, best picture at the Oscars in 93, uh, technically 94 when the ceremony was held, which is going to be fascinating because it's Steven Spielberg's other movie of that year, Schindler's List. Um, it, um, is about, um, Liam Neeson playing Oscar Schindler who has a list and he helps um, Jews escape from parts of the Holocaust. Um, 
I'm excited to talk about this movie because it is what was deemed culturally like most important of that year. Um, I think it's also going to be fascinating to like look at what's like the emotional core and the historical significance of Schindler's List, but also look at what Jurassic Park has done for film. I think there'll, there'll be some interesting stuff. So definitely come back in two weeks to hear us listen about or hear us listen, hear us talk about that movie. Um, and You'll also be hearing us listen to each other talk about that movie. Exactly. And we'll also talk about some other things that get nominated for that year. If there's anything of note that we want to talk about, any other movies we've seen that get some recognition or anything like that. Um, so I think that's it for this episode. Um, know that you can always join us on the best pictures facebook page or facebook group which is called the best pictures facebook group if you join that you get to participate in polls you get to discuss the movies with other like-minded film people um you get to talk about our episodes get to see fun gif parties well it's a lot of fun parties god every fucking time every we're gonna do this well, it's gonna happen every to. it's gonna happen every time until cody gets it right because it's graphic image format gif guh hard g chat this is already a podcast hosted by three white males i don't know about film i don't know if we can get much nerdier than arguing about the pronoun how you pronounce that particular word. well then uh if you want to stop arguing about it maybe you should start saying it right hey mark how do you say it uh, however, will get me out of this argument. Okay, agreeing with me, or Chad, or agreeing with me. Let's 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 take it to a best pictures vote. Is it GIF or is it GIF? I say GIF. <laughs> it's GIF. It's GIF. Sorry, oh Chad. <laughs> oh, it definitely is. So, do we um, have to anyway. add that to the sign out now? <laughs> no god no um okay so that can happen on our facebook page you can also follow us on twitter please follow us on twitter um you can follow us at we pick picks that's w-e-p-i-c-k-p-i-c-s because we pick best pictures and because best pictures was taken um also vague also vague um and then you could uh if you want to rate review and subscribe to us um on your favorite podcast app um if you rate and review us on itunes that's super helpful most people use itunes that's how um podcasts get found and um become found by other listeners so that would be super awesome if you guys could do that hey and you could follow me at cody lunsford underscore on twitter and instagram chadwick you can follow me at chad a oliver on twitter and instagram and i think letterboxd yep oh you can also follow me on letterboxd at c underscore luns 93 just search my name um marcus um, you can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Watlington Mark. I'm on Letterboxd at Mark0014, and I'm on SquareCash at hashtag Mark Watlington. <laughs> Fuck off. <laughs> Fuck off. We're not trying to get people to send us money yet. You're not. Um, you are but not. like, if you want to. <laughs> but if you want do to, it. like, I don't know. Yeah. Tell us if you want a Patreon, <laughs> I guess. Um, so. If you want to, so I have created a letterboxed uh, list that's all the movies that we talk about. Um, and we'll be sharing that from the Twitter and Facebook pages. So if you want to like uh, have a letterbox account and follow the movies that we're going to watch each time, um, you'll get some advance notice on those. So um, yeah, I think that's it. Um, so I think it's time to sign off. So, Hey Chad. Oh, what's up Cody?
What's the best movie of 1993? Jurassic Park. Uh, hey, Mark. Uh, yeah. Um, sorry to put you on the spot, but like, if you had to pick, just at random, what the best movie of 1993 is, what would you say? Can you just remind me of some movies that came out in 1993? Well, I know The Fugitive came out and Days and Confused okay. came out. There's this other movie uh-huh. with dinosaurs and... Uh, oh, and, Jurassic and, Park. Yeah, definitely yeah. Jurassic Park. Oh, okay. Yeah. Hey, hey, Cody. What? Same question to you. Um, It's Jurassic Park, and we really need to find a way to make our sign-offs not last 40 minutes. They're supposed to be three seconds, but... Um, (laughs) anyway, remember everyone, don't let them give you shit about your ponytail. (laughs) Bye. That was a lot funnier than I expected. Do you even remember that part? (laughs) 